Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stop in a lay-by and enjoy Jules and Jim's Joyride. In the arena of greatness, we think of Caligula for his cruelty, mm. for Nero for his impulsiveness, yeah. and Solomon for his wisdom. Yes. But of course, in wisdom, we think of one man for true greatness, an amazing player of music, an amazing writer of music, an amazing producer of music, and also a man that's unbelievably, as well as that, has written comedy series. He is my dear friend who's here today, Nitin Sawney. Oh, hi. <laughs> well, what an introduction, Nitin. Yeah, we were expecting that. No, because I didn't actually write the comedy. I was one of the. Well, I was originally uh, like a writer with Sanj, who you know really yes. well. With Sanji Bhaskar, we had a we had a show ages ago called. Well, we were called collectively the Secret Asians. Um, although some people actually missed that altogether and called us the Secret Agents. <laughs> like when I when I had um, I had an album called London Undersound, and people say your album London Underground is kind of like totally yeah. missing missing point. But yeah, we we kind of uh, we toured up and down the country ages ago, and then and then when um, was this? What period? Are you well, this about? is about oh, blimey, it's like early early nineties, I think. Um, I think when, I remember seeing you somewhere. Well, we we were at the Oval House, and we played Waterman's in Brentford and, and Tom Allen Centre. In East London, and then we played. Uh, we we went around the country quite a bit, and it was just like I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I always just thought it was like having fun with a mate because Sanj and I went to college together, and we'd known each other a long time. I did the Radio Four series with them for a couple of years, and then I kind of, um, but this wasn't my. <laughs> then you drifted into music. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It's like no, I was already, I was obviously making albums in, in bands already but I kind of um, it was a weird aberration which is kind of like a surreal blot in the landscape when I kind of think back we were talking earlier on about but you know being in bands and stuff traveling around. what did you two go around on a tandem that yeah would be great up to up to Manchester no um, uh, mainly it was uh, vans and I think it was mainly vans occasionally the train but I think because we we started using a few props and then you'd have to get in vans and stuff or or Sandra take us up in his car. Yeah. You see, it's, it's a side of show business the general public don't usually see mm. how the person actually travels because it is all mm. about travel. I mean, that's part. That's the key to everything in whether it's whether it's music, whether it's comedy, uh, acting. You've got to get in and get a long way in a cheap van. In a cheap van to start with. <laughs> but in the early nineties, we went. We became mega superstars and went off on big tours in a huge luxury bus with TVs and kitchens lounges yeah. and all that stuff and 
and so do a lot of bands and and people like that. But no one ever tells them that it's them who's paying for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and at the end of this make make a star tour, you have got four ninepence so, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. paid. So if you, and that's why people with the right frame of mind go around in a, in a, the worst crappy transit van they can find that yes. they've bought for fifty pounds at the back of loot. Yes. I know. I think I think that's the thing because the novelty initially is like you you go with. Is it Phoenix? I mean, you go with these amazing kind of tour buses that'll have all the bells and whistles, but then after a while, reality kicks in. And you think, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going back to a split bus. <laughs> so, but it was. Um, but having said that, I mean, I, I did. I've done quite a few few amazing uh, tours in tour buses and found myself in the most beautiful locations because you you do overnighters. You're on on these sleeper buses and you wake up in some random place. And one time, I remember waking up in somewhere in Switzerland and and just looking out at these beautiful snow-capped mountains. It was just an amazing way to it wake up. I love it. That I was in a cafe once in on the lakes of Geneva with a bottle of Evian. And, uh, you sound like an advert. And then... And then <laughs> As our new looking, sponsors. <laughs> looking out of the window, I could see the same mountain. On, that was really? on the bottle. Oh, yeah. oh wow! You were living the dream. I oh, think. Yeah. That's, I think that's like living. I like. I do quite like that with, with transport. With a lot of things, living the brochure style life. So, yeah. but often it can be a very that's old. What, that's what you love on your grave. <laughs> yes. You live the brochure style life. <laughs> that's brochure life. Yeah, it's a brochure style life. And I'm and I'd like to thank the co- cooperative uh, <laughs> funeral services for putting me in the in the GTX model uh, um, uh, funeral vehicle. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I living the life from the adverts and particularly with transport. And it wouldn't really matter, you know, if I looked at an aeroplane, uh, sort of advert from the 1960s when mm. when it was glamorous to travel by plane mm. i'd want to be uh sort of on the top deck of the 747 sipping cocktails with people with sort of big hair and and um and, and black wearing sort of dinner jackets which i think they you wore to fly. exactly which you wore to fly the same with a vehicle if and even if when i was in the in squeeze when we were going around in transit vans i'd look at the transit van brochures and see people with a, a set of a blue overalls, flat cap, and th- a pencil in the top pocket, and think, "Yeah, that's us, ready for work." But anyway, um, that was talking about the, how we, 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 the, the method of, of traveling around. But I think Nitin, you're quite a keen cyclist as well, aren't you? Well, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've recently bought an electric bike, which is—I mean, I, I love cycling anyway, but it's kind of—I uh, think it's just just made me phenomenally lazy. Which is which is quite bad. I kind of thought, you know, my thinking behind it was, you know, I'm not cycling enough. I want something new to kind of reinvigorate me and kind of get me more into it but it's um it's amazing it's just it's an amazing thing because also my my thinking was that i'll go i'll go somewhere quite far and you know and sometimes you get you you kind of think oh no i can't be bothered to cycle that way back and it's kind of like it becomes a chore on the way back with this it doesn't matter how far you go you can you can get back to wherever you want to go and it's quite nice is this going to be the future of motorcycling (laughs) well it might be actually do you think i mean i've got i well, I've got two motorcycles. I can't think. There isn't an electric one yet, is there? Uh, I mean, yeah, there is. There's is one that... I saw recently, which is... Uh, well, I could tell you all about it, but it sounds like we're advertising everything. It's from Selfridges at 15 grand, actually. Is it really? I saw it recently. Where's it, it from? It's wicked. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the gadget department. But yeah, no, I really? saw it. Really? Yeah. What, a full, like, 500cc? It looks really futuristic. But it doesn't have any cc because it's electric, isn't it? Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, the, well, is it like there's not just an electric bicycle? It goes up to 95 miles per hour. Yeah, that's something like that. I bet it doesn't look that good. It looks cool. Does it? I think so. I'll go and check it out. <laughs> you never know. 
I mean, I think... Maybe they'll send us one free and we can give it a, a run. A well, run it's run. available in Selfridges. Uh, <laughs> I did go to an auction of bicycles because I was after a <clears throat> Dursley Pedersen. The, That's... Uh, a Dursley Pedersen. And I can safely say this, um, they're not our sponsors because they went out of business, I think, probably 70 years ago. Uh, I was at a Dursley... The sale, looking at a Dursley Pedersen, which is one of these vintage sort of strange bone shaker looking bikes, and there was a Penny Farthing. And I don't think that's the right name for them. It's a proper name. Is it? Is it? Is it is another name? Oh, is that a generic name? Oh, is yes, it not? Yes, I, I think there's it a. It's like an ordinary or large something. wheel, small, small, small something wheel. like that. Anyway, anyway, I said, well, let's, I'll have a go. That's a chunk of large wheel, small wheel. Large wheel, small wheel. Can you, can say, you that? say Do it right. You try it, Nate. Large wheel, small wheel. Yes, yeah, quicker. Large wheel, small wheel. I can't talk that. Large wheel, small wheel. Large wheel, small wheel. Large wheel, small wheel. Yes, I got it. Large wheel, small wheel. Yeah, go on. Um, As you were saying. So I tried to climb on top of this. The the, the auctioneer said, "Oh, it's perfectly simple," and he pushed the penny farthing. And then once you'd got to a certain speed and the velocity was reached, you then sort of mounted it like you mount like yeah. a horse i suppose anyway i tried this and i just started running behind it and it was just too frightening to get you suddenly yeah, to get imagine. that high and then when you stop what you just fall over sideways well, break your ankle it's, it's about six foot high i mean the seat isn't it and what are you five foot two something like that well yeah but three foot maybe <laughs> have you been on one do you know what my one of my i think my great 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 grandfather was a world champion penny farthing cyclist wow that's amazing. That terrified me. I've got no evidence of this. It's just me dad told me that's this. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's good enough. Do you have any interesting relatives from the past that were, uh, can match such a boast? No. No, I don't think, <laughs> any, I don't think, I don't think any of us have. Well, no, I did, um, you know, uh, who do you think you are? Yeah, and did, did they come up with him? Well, they did the pilot on me because of my ridiculous past. Lineage. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It involves kings and so forth. But that's a that's oh, really? the other side. Which 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 king? <coughs> Edward the Seventh. Oh wow! My is he your father? No, my grandfather used to uh, stand guard outside his bedroom whilst he was with a maid, and oh, wow. get half a crown for it, because my 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 grandfather's parents were head butler and head maid of various grand houses around, and my grandfather got run over by the lord and lady of a particular house in Rickmansworth, and they didn't have a kid, so they said, can we raise um, my grandfather? Wow. So, yeah, so they did the Gosh. pilot on me. Right. So you discovered all this? You didn't know? Well, I knew it all. I oh, knew did. it all anyway, oh, but you've okay. got to pretend you... <laughs> I've never heard it before. You're giving and it then away. weep. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But music can have, of course, a very strong effect. Music can make people weep, can't it? I mean, yeah, I get very moved by music, obviously. Mm. I mean, like, um, um, you know, some composers do that to me, you know, a lot. And and, and I think it's interesting because um, um, I think French Romantic, um, Debussy... Um, oh, Debussy will make me weep any day. Yeah, L'Apre Midi d'Enfant, you know, like some of these kind of beautiful... Uh, kind of orchestral pieces. Reva just... Ravel's Piano Concerto oh. in G. That yeah, would get oh, yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing, uh, and we. By the way, we're not going to play any examples of this on the program because we haven't paid for the clearance. But so we'll just hum it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll, I'll start. I'll start humming Ravel's Piano Concerto in G. You <laughs> yeah. join in. The German Requiem by Brahms. If yeah. you could just hum that. To give mm. a thank you. Yes. <laughs> but I was playing that in the car. You see, and the, it's a bit rainy, and I'm in a traffic jam, and there was just a woman with a small child in the rain. And listening to that music, oh. it was completely unrelated events, but I almost felt like crying. 
Mm, yeah. I didn't. I didn't offer them a lift because they'd have thought I was weird, you know. <laughs> but open the window and they had Brahms belting out and you weeping. Yeah. Yes. So, get, get in my car. Get in. <laughs> no, uh, Here's, I'll tell you an interesting. You probably know these. I'm going to give you a couple of Eric Sarty facts. Mm-hmm. You know he was mad, quite, um, yeah. quite mad. Yeah. Well, he had two grand pianos and he kept one on top of the other one, and the one on, on the top he used to keep his unpaid bills in. Really? Which well, we all do that, don't we? <laughs> and also, he only ate white food. Did you he know only that? Only white food? Only white food, like oh. potatoes, um, My daughter egg, that. egg white. Food racism. Well, yeah. <laughs> was that, he had some theory that it's good for you if you only ate white food. No, I know a couple of people like that. Really? So it's, it's quite common. I'm right? on a brown food diet, which yeah. is uh, beef, brown bread, sprouts, but sprouts are green. Not the way I cook them. <laughs> <laughs> Fell into that one, didn't you? I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like, so, like, synesthetic. So, like, I worked with a pianist called Helene Grimo, who's an amazing classical pianist, and she's synesthetic to the point where colours really disturb her if they're wrong, you know, around when she's playing a certain piece of music, and she uses that to memorise, um, you know, like a whole massive repertoire as well. It's kind of like this this idea that you have colour association and kids. Um, they learn uh, sometimes perfect pitch through colour association. I visited Bach's birthplace. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was, it was very modest, his birthplace. Right. And it was in Eisenach, mm. in Old East Germany. This is last year. Um, and there's the Wartburg Castle on top of the hill there, which, of course, as we all know, where they'd have the big singing contest and Wagner based the Tannhauser on the singing contest. Over there. And if you didn't win, I think they used to chuck you over the battlements, but that's another story. And then down in the little village, and it's like almost like a Disney cartoon, a castle on the hill and this little village, which Eisenach's a bit bigger now, also home to the Wartburg factory, which is another little motoring fact, the Eastern European the vehicle. The Wartburgs. Wartburg cars, yeah, made there. Yeah. Um, and... Um, a nice picture, just while we're on transport, a nice picture of Herbert Austin, who started Austin Cars, visiting the Wartburg factory before the war. Um, anyway, same place where Bart comes from. But the point was, although he'd made all this fantastic music, unlike his um, contemporary Handel, mm. he never went anywhere. He wasn't keen on transport. So he really just stayed in Germany. He used Germany. to walk. A he lot, used to though. walk everywhere. Yeah, and right. his first big walk was he, he was orphaned. And him and his two brothers, the, the, his parents were the town musicians, but they died. And they had a letter saying we, to, of introduction to the, to the music school. So they walked to Leipzig, which is maybe 120 yeah. miles away. Yes, right. Age eight, age 10, mm. through the forests. Past witches, which they had in those How days, and giants that they had in those days, yeah. and um, and <laughs> trolls and the lot, and they walked all of that way, 120 miles, when they're little lads like that. Did they walk that for fun or for? No, they'd been orphaned. Oh, they were orphaned. They were orphaned, and they were going to. Wasn't introduce... an afternoon stroll. <laughs> no, though it was, it was, and then but they they, they thought well, they got to do something, so they they walked all that way, got to Leipzig, prese- presented the letter saying, "This is." Young Bark and his brothers, please, he's quite good at music, could he come to your school? And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. They're not laughing now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But Nathan, you also, when we were talking earlier, you said uh, that you... you Travelled abroad, um, yeah, and 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 quite like travelling. Yeah, well, it? actually, I mean, it's interesting when you talk about planes because one and and Sanjeev Baskar because we were we went on a Concorde flight together uh, as the, as the British Airways giveaway. I won a trip on Concorde, which was quite mad, and uh, I think we were just kind of we were just so blown away by the whole concept. We were just kind of staring around us in disbelief that we were on Concorde and all these co- kind of commuters who regularly took it were just kind of just sitting there kind of very casually and we were just shouting at each other across the aisles, just kind of very excited, probably just, uh, you know, hacking everyone off on the flight. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've flown a lot and um, my biggest, I think my biggest trip was in about, I think it was 2001 where I, Went around the world. I met Nelson Mandela. I spent time with Aboriginal Australians, uh, Native Americans in in uh, on Mount Shasta and in, in near Sacramento. When I was travelling around, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, planes to get between countries, but even sometimes internally as well. Planes sometimes. I mean, it was everything. You know, um, trains. I mean, uh, around India, it's a real experience to get trains. It's quite crazy. Is it as mad as it looks? Uh, I've only ever seen. You know, I've never travelled. And cars, India, cars in India. I mean, it's like medieval jousting. You know, because people are uh, when when they're coming at you uh when they're when they're um driving on the main roads i mean the main roads are, are really not very i mean in a lot of places they're just there's no real road there it's just kind of like a a load of rubble <laughs> so you kind of so it can be really bad and and you're kind of driving through and people will will avoid each other by driving through ditches and all kinds of stuff so i, I got used to this when i was about eight years old and um and I mean, I, I all kinds of transport at that age because I, I went on my first elephant uh, going up to. Uh, Hang on, that's a first. Well, that's, a, <laughs> that's a first. For Which this I show. heard you've been on an elephant before. I've been on an elephant, yeah, but it, it was it was a holiday experience, you know, in Thailand where you right. you get taken on, you know, you walk around a, up and down a river. But you, what did you use it as actual transport? Well, we were going up to a palace in in Jaipur. And the thing is that you're you're on the side of this. You're on the side of the elephant, and you're you're literally on the edge of a cliff. And so it feels oh, you're like, hanging off this on yeah, one of the side yeah, seats. Exactly. So your legs are dangling over the edge, and you're looking straight down, which is terrifying. So you, so I remember, and the and the elephants aren't the most steady kind of creatures because they're all also really overworked, you know. So so the thing is going up there. And these these elephants just crapping in front of you the whole time. It's just such a weird experience. So I remember that. The weirdest, I, th- I suppose, in India. I mean, when I was about eight years old, I was on the back of a horse at my uncle's wedding. And when you're when you're that age, you're kind of like a, a mascot at a wedding. So it's called a savala. And I remember there was a brass band around us in this village playing When the Saints Go Marching In, which was a very trippy thing <laughs> for an eight-year-old. And and so badly that I actually, <laughs> being a really precocious 
kid who played a lot of classical piano was uh, started crying. I said, I said there was what, your Because it was so bad. There was your weepy. Well, because it was so bad. Oh, because it was so <laughs> yes, good. Oh, really? Because it was so bad. Because they were playing. Out. Oh, what, so and I was please stop. Please, please, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I was not focusing on the on the horse experience. I was focusing on this terrible brass band. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, India's India's a crazy place for transport. It's uh, I've had so many weird experiences there. But you're saying that you went to on your world trips. You say you went both to, to the outback to visit the Aboriginal folk in the yeah and and. Nelson Mandela I mean look, incredible people to visit yeah I mean when you're visiting um, uh, sort of people you, you have to sort of think about what car you're going to or vehicle you're going to be in because you don't want to look too flash but you don't want to look too hopeless um, so that did that sort of uh, well yeah I mean I, what you were in yeah well I mean like with the with the, going to Arnhem Land in Australia you you have to go in by plane so that's initially and then you'll be you're picked up in a jeep and the jeep is also how I got to uh, Nelson Mandela's house. So I kind of literally was reading the last book of his, uh, last page of his book, uh, Long Walk to Freedom, in the car, and I kind of, uh, in the Jeep, and then I just kind of finished the last page and then was led straight out to meet him, which was a very weird thing. It's like seeing a, the main character of a book you've just that been reading strange. come to life. Yeah. Which was, uh, which was mad, but amazing as well. So, yeah. And he, he, must, have, was he, he must have been a fascinating band to meet. Oh, my God. He, it, he was very funny, first of all, which I was surprised by, because I... I He's he's very statesmanlike in the book, and then he's got he's still got that kind of gravitas. But he was, um, I remember his um, his uh, secretary came into the room and said, uh, "The president's on the phone to speak to you." And he looked at me and said, "How many more questions have you got?" And I said, uh, two or three." And he goes, "Oh, can you ask him to call me back in ten minutes?" Cool. Which was a very humbling moment, and that's why I actually felt quite weepy because I thought, "Wow," because I because I thought, "Wow, he's a true egalitarian. He truly saw people as equal." And I thought I'd never see that in a politic. You know, I'm quite cynical about politics and politicians. And that's when I thought this is the same guy I've, I've been reading about. So that was an amazing thing. So yeah. Once we did uh, we did the G8 conference and President Clinton and Mrs. Uh, Clinton were there and he was charming, I have to say, and he looked you straight in the eye and like you felt like he was listening to every word you said. There was a little sort of drinks party and uh, my saxophone player surrounded him. Uh, and were talking to him because he played the saxophone Bill Clinton did you see and they were talking to him really close up over in the corner of the room and this went on and on and And then the room was thinning out and there was nobody left at the party and it was just like you could tell like CIA blokes or whatever they are they got on their walkie talkie you know earpieces he's going to get the sax out yeah that's right (laughs) he's going to get the sax out or just checking the DNA of my saxophone players make sure there's nothing dodgy about them anyway so they're talking to him and and in the end the whole place he was still talking to them in in this huddle and there's just me and the sort of CIA bloke standing in the corner <laughs> and eventually he left and I said that's amazing he talked to you you said you 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 four people had more time with him and people would pay five million dollars for that for half an hour with the president like you've had the most so powerful man in the world you know sax talk yeah it was also and I said what did you did you ask him all the important you know what did you ask him the Roswell alien legit or not you know all that sort of question <laughs> yeah. you had, you're there you could ask anything no, you want him what reads he yeah, is exactly <laughs> is what what, how's your rumbature boring <laughs> <clears throat> and now a message from our sponsors now look here my trousers are the Rolls Royce of slacks they certainly are aerodynamic, family friendly, and low emission. <laughs> One of the most embarrassing motoring moments I've ever had. Oh. I'd got um, a new Range Rover, and I'd, and I'd just put me, my parents in the back of it and said, "Let's go for a drive." And we, go, we went down to Great Stone on Sea, which is a huge mile 
flat area of sand off the Kent coast. And I said, let's take this Range Rover, it's four-wheel drive, we'll go onto the sand. And it was brand new. I just had it a day, went onto the sand, and it sank oh, <laughs> gently no. up to the axles in on, in the beach. But it's supposed to have the best wading capabilities of any off-road vehicle in its not class. Not in quicksand. <laughs> that must be so, terrifying. I'm not kidding. I mean, that must be terrifying. Well, it was, and I said, yeah. and so my mum and dad are sitting in the back seat, and I said, oh, I'll go and, there's a Coast Guard just up I was going to go and ask them. Went to the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guard said, go to the pub. There's plenty of people with tractors in there. And they've obviously got a deal on because this happens ha- quite a lot. But how did you get out of the... I'm, oh, I'm it was flat, it's sand, but it, you could still walk on oh, it. Right. it oh, right, okay. So I'm, I'm looking back at me mum and dad sitting in the back seat as I'm <laughs> on the shore. And I'm talking to these... I'm going to the pub and I said, I've, I'm afraid I've sank into the sand. So one of the sailors, the tractor drive off sailors, whatever they say, said, to the other, said, said to the other one, George, it's your turn. So he, he goes, right, 200 quid. Oh. And that was to pull me out oh on God. his tractor. So they can charge whatever they want to pull fools they just wait out for of people to yeah. Just, yeah. But when like you said me. when you said you put your parents in the Range Rover at the beginning yeah. of that, I was imagining them like they were just sort of enjoying themselves watching the television and you just lifted them out from the television and inserted yeah. them in well, the Well, kind of, the- maybe. That was, I just said, do you want to go for it? Anyway, that was embarrassing for me, for them, for, you know, was that the whole the first thing. time they'd ever been out with you? In, in yeah, in, in that car. <laughs> and I found a photograph of it the other day, which brought it all back to me. Anyway, that was the most embarrassing motoring moment of my life. Years ago, I was in the car with... Uh, I think Mira Sial was in the front, um, Sanju Basco's wife yeah. and uh, brilliant comedian um, and actress. But um, yeah, I was in the um, I was in the back of the car, and I'm arachnophobic. Um, so the thing is, we were on the motorway. I mean, I'm a lot better now, right? Because <laughs> I, I get therapy. I've had therapy since. But um, at the time, uh, I could not deal with the idea of a spider being in a confined space with me. So a spider kind of came down from the uh, roof of the car in front of me and instead of like doing what a normal person would do if they had a problem with the spider just kind of wave it away or whatever I tried to get out of the car in the middle of the uh, what, on the motorway on the motorway yeah. wow, screaming a really high pitched scream probably yeah I should imagine I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of the pitch of my scream at the time but I think it, yeah I mean it was, that was Sanjeev was driving no uh, no it, he wasn't there but it was um, it was a, a, a bass player I was working with Shrikant Sriram but yeah I mean like uh, and then somebody had the presence of mind because realised that they, they knew I was arachnophobic and saw what it was because I was literally trying, I had no concept of what I was doing I just needed to get away from the spider wow terrifying so that's, that's the, that that's is real arachnophobia extremely though. embarrassing yeah. although if I, my friend um, Leo Sayer I was ringing oh, him right. the other day just drop a name there if I may yeah. Yeah. and he was, uh, he's in Australia and mm-hmm. I get through I tried to look at the time I said have I got you a good moment because he was coming on tour with us you know we wanted to talk about what we were going to do he said, well, actually, no. He said, it's, the timing's all right. He said, it's not. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever, whatever. It was a perfectly reasonable time to call. He said, but it's not a good moment because I'm, in the, I'm under, underneath the building where I live uh, in the car park and I've just got in my car and shut the door and on the wing mirror of the car, there is a huge, just, as, just hanging off the wing mirror of the car, is a huge huntsman spider. Oh, which my is God, the huntsman's a massive. Yes, it's wow. like the size of your hand sort of thing. He said, and so... I don't know what to do. I want to drive off with this, like, kind of, you know, I don't know. so I've, he said, I've rung the, the security of the front of the building and I'm waiting for them to arrive. <laughs> so what, to get rid of it? Well, to deal with the situation. What it, would it, you have done? 
if I'd have been, I would have, I would have. It was on the wing mirror. You were right, right with yes. spiders. I would have, yeah, uh, yeah. It wouldn't have bothered me. I would have. Cared. But if I was terrified, I would have. I would have backed the car, driven through the underground car park, and and clipped the wing mirror <laughs> on a post. Therefore, destroying the huntsman spider. But what you might do is you might smash, enrage it. You might smash the wing mirror, enrage which the... cost you a lot, and enrage the spider. Yeah. And which at the then, same time, then increases which... in size tenfold. <laughs> yes. exactly. Well, that's what they took the double in size. And then, but then also, when you smash the wing the wing mirror, it, it then rebounds and smashes oh. the glass on your window so he climbs through there and gets you I knew there was a flaw well, in my well, yeah. plan there's two things about this because I, I actually the reason I know I'm a lot better now was was I think the pitch of my scream had, had gone down a bit when I actually saw probably the biggest spider I've ever seen come out of the uh, the when I was in a place in India um, a couple of years ago I was having a shower and this spider came came flying out of the uh, drain flying uh, out yeah I mean really fast oh. and, and, and like just shot across the ground and I was like I mean, I, I did scream, but it was. But I kind of managed to keep presence of mind, which I hadn't been able to do a few years before when I had uh, since I had therapy. But it's it it's such a strange thing because you you kind of have this uh, sense of kind of uh, I don't know you, you kind of it's like a dissociative experience. You can't you, you no longer feel like you're in your body. It's kind of, it's just the weirdest thing. Yeah, I, I kind of like I like spiders. I've got my two daughters, one of them especially hate spiders and I right. say well what do you, do you prefer flies because mm. they're getting rid of the flies for you it's a very dad sort of thing to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified of spiders well do you hate flies it really doesn't help at all I'm afraid doesn't help my situation doesn't help my fear doesn't help me deal with it thank you very much dad yeah right so that's what your therapist <laughs> to said to you not to be confused with arachibutrophobia which I found out is a fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth so, well, that doesn't sound too good either. Well, we'll we all find that. Weird, mm. weird phobias. Do you, do you, what's the weirdest phobia you've? I don't you're... know. I mean, that, I can't bear polystyrene rubbed together. Oh, really, oh, <coughs> me neither. Or how about a, a paintbrush with all the brushes taken out, rubbed up a blackboard the wrong way? No, yeah. that's equal. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, is it yeah about, that's horrible. Yeah, but what is it? There's something about. What does that yeah. sound? Back in the, the times of our, in evolution, yeah. we've we've we live in the fear of high pitched squeaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what is that about? <laughs> Did you? What about speaking of transport? But and thinking, what do we? There was a little while ago the the, the strange obelisk, not obelisk, a monolith. Uh, monolith, monoliths in Utah and Romania. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's appeared. right. Which is so, so uh, and and which like not unlike the one in two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the, which I think it's a copy of. Yeah, um, and, but anyway, what sort of transport do you think they used to get it there? Well, I think an invisible helicopter because no one could actually, no one's actually said that they saw how these got there because they're massive great things. I mean, they're like 13 foot high or something like that. And the one from Utah has actually disappeared now. So yes. somebody's picked it, gone back to pick fact, it up. I read that but somebody they, took it away. Like, they're like Stonehenge, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two of them. There's only two of them at the moment, but maybe... But the Stonehenge one, they're like icebergs. They've got there's, there's the same well, amount yeah, under yeah, the yeah. ground. That's... that's um, there we are. There's an interesting bit of transport to think. Early, talk about early transport, because the Stonehenge ones, in all the pictures that we see in our, in our very well-informed and accurate Ladybird books, show the loincloth-clad henge folk pushing the stones on, lo on, on trees... That had the branches cut off that it could use as rollers to roll them along on, uh, because it was oh, just prior, I think, to the full invention of what we call the wheel. Yeah. 
But is this now they did the pyramids, though? Is this the same? So what? Same, they same said, blokes. But they used water, didn't they? You know, they, they used water to help the motion yeah. of the wheels or whatever, from what I recall. It was kind of like... Um, but it was just... Like, and I heard recently, it wasn't slaves that they used. It was everyone was in on it, and that's how it worked so well. They were all, like, top top-flight engineers... Wow, the but whole it, lot but, of them. Uh, but, uh, cities but, built but, around pyramids but, to just. How can put we together? know who's, who they were? You know what their what their names were. That von Daniken like theory of them being aliens or whatever. You know, but it is kind of mad because there's such precision with the architecture. Because I think the the uh, Great Pyramid has got it's it's a very precise figure, which is um, which is the exact. Um, I can't remember, is it cubic inches or whatever? They talk about the the precise uh, uh, number of days of the year, including a leap year or whatever. And it's it's very precisely engineered in terms of the diameter of it. Incredible and, engineering. And all was Good. all covered in alabaster. Yeah. So it'd reflect the sunlight back out into I mean, space. How, how, you know, how in the middle of the desert does does anyone come up with that? I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, also, it's curiously like, enough, and why? You will both maybe be familiar with the <laughs> mysterious standing stones at Boroughbridge in Yorkshire on the side of the yeah, A1. The, the Devil's Arrows? Yes, uh, but which which are laid out in an exactly the same geometric form, the three of them, and they're huge great stones which predate Stonehenge, I believe. Right. Uh, but laid out in a geometric form which is exactly the same as the three pyramids. In other words, there's two right. that are aligned and there's one that's slightly mm. gone askew. <laughs> um, well. Where they sort of... But they yeah, all, all aligned the same, but they're in, in Yorkshire. It's, I think the stones, are ancient stones and their movement, is, uh, and I think there's a book there somewhere on, on how they move them around and then how the people were moved around that moved them around. So I think that's what's nice about this programme, and if I may say so, rather reassuring. That some people would discuss would be, would be discussing the pyramids in one form, but we're just working out the sort of transport issues, which are let's face it, very important. You know, it's it's often overlooked, but historically, I think probably a diesel engine. What they didn't have diesel then? Well, well, so maybe they say, did. Yes, yeah, some people say they had electricity because there's supposed to be there's one of the drawings on one of the pyramids where they hypothesise it was like a massive light bulb, which I'm. Not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> a, a huge the pyramids just housed one massive Osram like electric bikes. They got them there on electric bikes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful having you as our guest here today. Actually, it's just Molly. How long have we been talking for there? Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. We only want thirty-five, so it's fantastic. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it's totally, perfect. So, so Nitin Sawney, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, you're one of the only guests, actually, that has well, talk about travelling, visiting yeah. Nelson Mandela, visiting the, the, the Aborigines in Australia, and all on one trip, riding on an elephant. Thank, thank you. you. For thank you for joining us, Nitin. Nice one. Cheers. Well, that was nice. And there goes Nitin riding off onto, into the horizon on an elephant. Yes. And what a convenient method of transport that is from one uh, from Greenwich um, going round the South Circular, as I believe he is this evening. It'll be easily <laughs> spotted. So if anybody's listening in their car, keep an eye for a fellow on an elephant because it'll be Nitin. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.